Okay, take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4 today. Ephesians chapter 4. I haven't preached here for over a month. I'm sure you've been glad about that. <laughs> I've missed you. I don't know if you missed me or not. Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we, before uh, that month, we were talking about the church. We're going to talk about the church still. We're going to key in here in Ephesians chapter 4. The main theme of the book of Ephesians is the church. And so uh, the whole book, the first, in fact, like many of Paul's letters, the first three part, chapters, the first part is doctrinal. It tells you uh, the teaching that he's trying to get across, the point he's trying to get across. And then the last part is practical. How do you apply what I just told you? How do you put that in practice and live it out? And so this here, Ephesians chapter, Ephesians is about the church and how that, the, the doctrine of the church and how that looks in life. So we have the part, the doctrine and the duty or the principle and the practice. So all kinds of ways to divide. But that's pretty simply how Ephesians is divided. First three chapters is doctrinal or teaching. Last three is practical. We're going to dive in here. Ephesians chapter four and we'll begin in verse number one. The Bible says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. And so Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. This verse is kind of the hinge that uh, swings the door open to practical. All right, so it's doctrinal. He's swinging it now to practical. And this door is, uh, this verse is the door, the hinge that opens it up. He says, therefore, based upon what I've taught you before, I want to tell you how to live it out. And I'm going to tell you that I really believe if every person that attends Bible Baptist Church would live by the truth that's found in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at it for the next three weeks. You'd be a model member. This is, what, this is what it looks like to be part of the body of Christ. He's talking about that in Ephesians 1 to 3, that, that when Jesus came, he tore down the wall of partition. There, there's no division in the church, and, and this is what the body of Christ should look like. And here's how it plays out every day as we meet together, as we worship together, as we work together. This is how it should look. So very practical. He says, I want you to walk worthy. In fact, if I can talk, that's the key to the hinge here is walk worthy. There is a worthy walk of somebody who's part of the body of Christ. See, because you're part of the body, you should walk or live. The word walk in the Bible is always in the New Testament is talking about your lifestyle, uh, the way you walk around, what you do with your life. And so it's a very practical word and it's found throughout the book of Ephesians and throughout the New Testament. Walk Worthy. There's a worthy walk of a church member, and there's an unworthy walk of a church member. And Paul says, I beg you, I beseech you, walk worthy. You're part of the body of Christ. Now act like it. Walk like it. Live like it. There are times in our lives where we don't walk worthy of this calling. That's what he says, of the vocation wherewith you are called. Vocation means you're calling. You're called to be part of the body of Christ. And so walk worthy of that. That's an incredible calling. You could be part of the body of Jesus Christ. The representation of Jesus Christ on earth is the church, the, the members of the church, the people of the church. And so you walk worthy of that high calling of being a member or a part of the body of Christ. So how to be a model member is kind of what we're talking about over the next three weeks. We're going to talk on one thing today. Number one, get along. You want to be a model member? It's very simple. He starts out here. You got to learn to get along. I know it's Mother's Day, and I was trying to figure out how to tie this into Mother's Day. Well, I know uh, I have a brother and a sister, and my mom told us often, get back there and just get along. Shut up, 
keep your, stay on your side of the vehicle. Like my brother would get in the middle. We had the, you know, the whole car and had the hump in the middle and, and he put his leg on one side and he put his leg on the other side and my sister and I would squeeze up against the wall. My brother was a bit of a jerk and uh, <laughs> as all older brothers probably are. And, and so if you're an older brother, you know what I'm talking about. And so I, my mom would say, get along. My mom, um, this is probably not uh, good in our society. She had a fly swatter. <laughs> and it wasn't for the flies. <laughs> I never saw her kill a fly with that fly swatter. <laughs> but I felt the impact of the fly swatter. And it hung right on top of the sun visor. And, and she would reach that thing and all three at one shot. Right? <laughs> right down and so the fly swatter. And so she would say, get along. All right? So this, this is my Mother's Day tie-in. All right? So this is what I'm saying. I'm not your mother, but I'm a pastor of the church. And I'm opening the Bible. And Jesus and, and Paul's saying to the book, uh, the church at Ephesus, get along with each other. Look at Ephesians chapter one, uh, 4, verse 2. We'll read a couple of verses there. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let me unpack that for you, those couple of verses. Number one, we should work through the differences. <laughs> if you're going to get along with people, you've got to work through the differences. In case you haven't noticed, we're different. <laughs> Husbands and wives are different. Men and women are different. Americans, Canadians, different. Uh, generations are different. And if we want to have a multi-generational, uh, multicultural church that reaches everybody and anybody, we mean a whole bunch of different people here. Different class. Every class of person ought to feel welcome at Bible Baptist Church. Right? And so we're bringing people in that have different political views. Like some political views don't go with the Bible. All right? So I'm not talking about those. I mean, we, we got to, those will weed themselves out as we preach the word of God. But we have, there are some political views that are not, biblical they're just personal and so somebody in your pew in your chair little row will have different political opinions than you do guess what too bad get along this is what i say it's, 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 it's pretty clear paul's saying just get along the differences we got to work through and those of you who like to do uh, manual labor know this having the right tool is so important to do the job have you ever tried to do the, a, a good job with the wrong tool and you just struggle and you get frustrated and you throw something against the wall? Like, you know what I'm talking about? You get so frustrated because you don't have the right tool and the, a guy comes in with the right tool and it's like 10 seconds later the, the job's done. He has the right tool. Well, here's the tools. Let me unpack your toolbox for you here in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, get along. Here's the tools you need. Number one, he says, with a lowliness of mind, a humble mind. That's your first tool. Having a humble mindset. Uh, Proverbs 13, verse 10 says this, Only by pride cometh contention. Catch that? Only by pride cometh contention. Every problem is a pride problem. Every problem. It's a, if there's a contention, if there's a strife, if there's a disagreement, it is a pride problem. And you may be right now thinking of a situation in life and say, Dad, that's totally right. That guy has a lot of pride. <laughs> if that's your thought, guess what? There's a pride problem, and it's yours because you just said that. And sometimes we reveal so much about ourselves and what comes to our mind first. The pride problem is both ways. We're all, we all have a pride issue. And Paul says here, as he says, work things out, uh, get along. He's talking about unity in the church, and he's talking about a lowly or a humble mind. 
So if you think that, you, you need to humble your mind, and this is the tool you need to have. When you go talk to anybody about any problem, any situation, you better humble your mindset as you go into that. You're not there just to force your opinion on them. You're there with a humble mindset. And going into any discussion with a humble mindset will change the outcome. Because only by pride cometh contention. And if they don't humble their mind, there may still be contention, but you can walk away and you can pillow your, put your head in the pillow at night and say, hey, I did my best. I had a humble mindset. Lowliness of mind. Then he says this, meekness uses that word. Now we've heard this before. Meekness is not weakness. But it means a gentle. You can be firm but gentle. Can't you? Can't you be, stand, can't you be strong and still gentle? Moses was a meek man, but yet he got things done. Jesus, our example, was a meek man, but firm. And so meekness is a, a, if you have a humble mind, number one, number two, a gentle word. Use your words gently and choose your words gently and have this meek and humble spirit about you as you deal with people that are unlike you in differences. you got to work through these differences with a humble mind and a gentle word. And he says this, long-suffering, be patient, don't be hasty. Uh, I say it this way, you need a humble mind and a gentle word and a long fuse. (laughs) Do you have a long fuse or do you have a short fuse? You have a long fuse, biblically. Naturally, you may have a short fuse. Some of us do. Uh, I, I, I have a temper problems at times. I've lost my temper at times. Some people say, like, you seem pretty mild, pretty, well, you haven't seen me on a bad day. <laughs> My wife would have, my wife seen me at my worst. She's seen me when I lost my temper. But you know, if you get in a situation, and I've told stories I, I, in in these facilities, I've lost my temper in these facilities when we were building it, and after uh, hours of labor and people criticizing and things, I've I've said things in these in these walls that I that I had to apologize f- for or five minutes later. We, but if you want to work through your differences, you got to have a, a a long fuse. You got to be long suffering. And when I lost my temper and I had to apologize for it, they need to be long suffering with me as well. It goes both ways. So long suffering. Then it says this forbearing. The word forbearing is one of my favorite Bible words. It just means put up with each other. <laughs> just put up, forbear. Get used to it. You're not the same. There's going to be differences. Somebody's personality is going to rub you the wrong way. It's, gonna, it's just going to happen. And unless you want to keep a, a small church and you only have people that you like around you, then it's going to happen. I don't want a small church. I want a church that impacts our entire community. And as people move to St. Thomas, we want to impact them with the gospel. So we're going to hopefully have people coming in all the time, new people. And, and as they come in, we got to have a forbearing spirit put up with each other as we get along and then he says this endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace endeavor the word endeavor means to diligently work at to put effort into and so here's your tool here's your toolbox a humble mind a gentle word a long fuse and a forbearing spirit and then just get to work at it just start endeavor to keep it see peace does not come naturally you have to work at it let me ask you if i if uh we have uh, Leslie, and we have a class over there. Leslie's class is grades two to six. If Leslie left the room and all teachers left the room and said, I'll be back in a half an hour, would there be peace or confusion or chaos over there in the room in a half an hour with kids left unsupervised? Chaos. Chaos happens naturally. Peace does not happen naturally. It's true. Look around the world. 
we, uh, someone was saying this, uh, who, we were talking to somebody, they're saying like back in the day when they did the like uh, beauty pageants and all this stuff, what do you want, what's your, what do you want for? I want world peace, right? That was the answer, I want world peace. And they said nowadays no one says that because they realize that's not even a, a possibility. World peace is not even a possibility because we see the mess the world is in. Peace does not happen naturally. Folks, listen. What Paul is saying here is as the church. Ephesus, listen to me. If you want to be, uh, have a great church that, that shows Jesus Christ as people come in and be part of you, you got to work at keeping peace because every new personality, every new person is going to bring some new conflict. Work at it, work at it, work at it. Endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit, the bond of peace. We had years ago. Uh, something going, some stuff going on in the church, some rumblings, and, and we knew a little bit about what was going on. It was starting to come to a head. You know how that feels. And I remember one time, I don't remember the whole situation, but a couple of our men uh, were out on the front lawn here having a discussion <laughs> loudly after church. And one of the kids came running in the front door and, and, and said, the deacons are fighting, the deacons are fighting. <laughs> They weren't deacon. Well, one was a deacon. But they weren't both deacons, and they were probably were fighting. But uh, it's just funny how. Like, and we it happens in church, right? Because we're people. And Paul says, "You want to be a model member. You want to do what's right. You you want to handle things correctly. Then get your toolbox out and get to work. Humble your mind. Have a long fuse. You know, use a meek word and 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 work through these issues." The Bible says in Romans chapter twelve, verse eighteen, as much. As lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. Can you find a level of peace with the people that you worship with? If you can't, how sad is that statement? There ought to be. Unfortunately, churches are known more for pettiness than power. Sometimes churches are known in the community for being some of the most petty disagreements, some of those petty people. Don't let that be said of Bible Baptist Church. As much as lies in you live peaceably, endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So how, we, how do we get along? How, 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 can we, how can we work this out in our life? Well, number one, you've got to work through your differences. And number two, focus on the common. Focus on the common. Think about this the culture that this is written to. There are many natural divisions in the early church. Biggest one, biggest division, you should know it. The biggest division as Jesus Christ died for all men was Jew and Gentile. Jews and Gentiles did not get along. There was a natural, normal division in their culture between Jew and Gentile. And that's what Ephesians chapters 1 and 2 and 3 are talking about. Like Jesus changed that. You're going to sit in a pew next to a Gentile. And you're going to go to heaven and have a mansion next to a Gentile. And it's going to be good. And it's going to be okay. And it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile because you're all one in Jesus Christ. That's the doctrine. And he says, here's how you live it out. Focus on that. Focus on the, the fact that there's some common things. There's Jews and Romans. The, the Jews hated the Romans. They were the, the rulers over them, they hated them. And there are going to be Jews and Romans. There's a book of Romans. And there's Jews and Romans. And Romans could get saved now. And, and there would be part of the church. And just like 
There's no hierarchy in the church. There's no like, okay, you were a Jew, so you get to have these. Oh, you're a Roman. Oh, you can't have. It wasn't no more of that. It's all one. The, 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 the veil was written twain, and there's no more division, right? Uh, there was Jews and Samaritans. We know the Jews and Samaritans didn't get, these Jews are having a lot of issues. It's the Jews and the Gentiles, and the Jews and the Romans, and the Jews and the Samaritans. But even on that, there was, in the same church, at the same time, worshiping the same God, there were slaves and masters. We don't get that. And we don't even understand the whole cultural concept of that because it's different than the slaves that we would have that we would think back, you know, in the time of the United States and different things that we shouldn't have had. This is a, it, but it was a class thing. It was a class thing. There was definitely masters and there were slaves or servants and there was, but you know what? In the church, that didn't matter. That didn't matter. The slaves had just as much part in the local church as anybody else. And so all these differences... There are political differences. I, I'm watching uh, the um, special, the Chosen, the uh, TV show, The Chosen, off and on. And I saw this one clip. I just got to tell you about they were, Jesus is getting ready to send out his disciples. This is not uh, all biblical. This is like obviously license, all right? And so he had all his disciples there, sending them out two by two, and he began to pair them up. And the last two that he didn't pair up were uh, Lou, oh no, Matthew and Simon. And everybody looked around like, Jesus, what are you doing? And here's why. Simon was a zealot. Hated the Romans. They were dedicated to overthrowing Roman rule. Matthew was a tax collector who everyone looked at as a traitor who had sold himself out to the Roman rule. And, and so Jesus, and, and this is not... Biblically, he sent them out two by two, biblically. But in this depiction of it, he said the last two are Simon and Matthew. And Peter, who's sitting on the other side, is like, Lord, what, like, what are you doing? He's like, Simon, I trust you. You can handle this. You're one. Like, and, he, and he sent him out. But you think about the extreme political views in, in our society today that, that sometimes infiltrate the church, but... It happened back in those days. But you're one. As he said, don't focus. When you come to church, focus on what you have in common. Let's read the verses here. Verse uh, 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Do you get the picture? It's not that hard. to. I'm not going to go through all that. But do you get that? You got some, hey boys, you got some things in common. Oh, you have some differences. You think this, and she, he thinks that, and your opinion is this, and your opinion is that, and your background is this, and your background is that, and, and you're a master, and you're a slave, and you're a Jew, and you're a Gentile, and yada, yada, yada. We don't, I don't care about that. Let me remind you of a few things. You're, all that, there's one body, there's one spirit, there's one hope, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God and Father of all who's in you all, through you all. Do you get it now, guys? Focus on that. Focus on that. And so if we as a church, as a body of Christ, are going to function the way we ought to function, we've got to work through difficulties. There should not be division inside the body. So if you want to be a model member, you have to be willing to work through some differences by focusing what you, on what you have in common. This will mean, listen, this will mean having tough conversations at times. If you sweep everything under the rug and just let things go, they begin eventually to fester. 
And so you may have to have tough conversations. How do you do that? I got a few suggestions for you. Have a humble mind, <laughs> a meek word. Like, do, do, those, that's the toolbox. Open your toolbox up and use it and work through your differences, focusing on what you, this is a brother in Christ who's saved just like, they're going to go to the same heaven and, and we serve the same Lord and we're going to work through this problem. But you have some tough conversations. It won't happen naturally. You've got to put the work into it. Shame on Bible Baptist Church if we let petty problems begin to ruin the spirit of the church. How do you be a model member? Start here. Get along with everybody. Love everyone. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if ye love one another. And so I, I hope we can start there. And so I would challenge, listen, I would challenge you today, if there's anybody that you have uh, issue with inside the church or a problem with inside the church and, and, and it's festered for a while, are you willing to work through that? Are you willing to work through your differences by focusing on what you have in common? If you're not, I'm going to tell you based upon the word of God, you're not right with the Lord. You can't be. You can't be wrong in the body and right with the head. Can't. And so... I know this is kind of like, you know, visionary that we can have 200 people come to church and everybody get along. You can, because it's biblical. <laughs> if everybody acts biblically, you can. Will there be differences and problems and issues? Yes. That's not saying you won't have those, but you work through them biblically. That's how God designed it. How to be a model member? Number one, get along. We'll continue through Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 4 next week and look at another thing we can do as a model member. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Just before I close in prayer, I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but is there an issue right now that you need to deal with? Don't let that affect the body. Would you, not, would you submit yourself to Ephesians chapter 4 and say, Lord, I want to walk worthy of this calling into your body. And if I want to do that, i got to learn to get along with so-and-so. And I've realized now that it's a pride problem, not on so-and-so's fault, but my fault. And I own that, and I confess that. And I'm going to open my toolbox, and I'm going to begin working through this issue so that there's unity in the body of Christ. I pray that you would do that and work through differences as they come up. There might be unity in the body of Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for the challenge of Ephesians chapter 4. I pray that you'd help us to work our way through this and that as we do, uh, each one that hears the message would take the challenge and step into the role that you've called us. This is our vocation. This is our calling. Thank you for letting us be part of the body of Christ and help us this week to show Jesus Christ to our fellow members and also to those around us. In your name we pray, amen. Pastor Levi, you come.